Hello, and thank you for tuning in to today's service from Harvest Church in Silver City, New Mexico. We hope this encourages you and brings you closer to the Lord. Now, today's word from Pastor Clyde. Back in 2017, when God called us here, and I was praying, you know, I mean, my heart was to always lead a church, and not always, I mean, when I got saved, but, but after I got saved, uh, my heart was to always lead a church, and, and I prayed to God as he called us to this church, I prayed that God would give me a vision, like, not just like a somewhat vision, but that God would give me a true vision for the church that he called me to. And I'll never forget when he led me to this one particular verse, which is really, if we think about it, is really the theme verse of our entire church. We have theme verses every year, but this one particular verse is really the theme of who we are as a church. And it's 1 John 3.18, and it says, My dear children, let us not just talk about love, but let us practice real love. And, and those, that scripture has really shaped and molded who we are as a church today. You know, so many, so, so in, in honesty, writing today's message was easy. I could preach this message. I don't even need my notes because it is so engraved in my heart of to be love to this community, right? And so that's my heart. And so the title of my message today is Be Love. Turn to your neighbor and say, Be Love. Say it like you love somebody, like not like you're miserable. And so, so we've been going through, we've been going through these things that, that God has called us to be. And, and really, as we laid this out, as Pastor Tim and I laid this out at the, at the end of last year, um, as, we, as we started laying out our, the, the first eight weeks of, of 2020, um, and really the discipleship classes, um, we started thinking, man, what is it that we want to communicate? What is it that we want to relay to the people um, who we are as a church? And it's funny because as these things started to come out, um, it really shaped kind of the, the core values of who we are as a church. And, and God began to reveal that to me last week because there's these eight things. We want to see every person that steps into this church, we want to see them walk in. Number one is we want to see you be victorious, right? We want to see you overcome your past. So many people come through the doors with a loss, hurting, and broken. Everybody has a past. I don't care who you are. Everybody has a past. We want to see you overcome that, step into your true destiny, right? That's what we want to see. Two is we want to see you filled with the Holy Spirit, right? We talked about that last week, and so many, so many great compliments of that last week. Thank you so much for that. And then Rebecca, again, taught that uh, and brought so much clarity uh, to that as well. So we want to see you filled with the Holy Spirit, and then we want to see you uh, become a servant, Right? We want to see you be part of our dream team, man. We need help reaching the people. We want you to be part of this team. And then next, we want to see you be a worshiper. Right? We want to see you worship God every Sunday. We want you to come before God and worship him. Today, you guys were worshipers, for sure. Uh, then we want to see you be generous. Right? We want to see you be generous, not just with your resources, but with your time as well. And so we want you to be generous. Number, number, the next one is, is we want to see you be you. Let me say be you. So what that means is we want to we see um, you walk into the true fullness of what God has called you to do. That's what our heart is. And then today, I want to see you be love. I want to see you be love. How many of you love music? music. Dang. Music lovers. Okay. How many of you like um, listen to rap music? Raise your hand. Okay. All right. Cool. Rap music. Um, how many of you listen to R&B music? Okay. Like love making music. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. How many? You're like, this is church. It's in the Bible. We're going to get to that like in eight, eight, nine more weeks. We're going to talk about this. 
How many of you like blues music? Blues. Blues music. Okay, cool. How many of you like country music? Okay. Wow, look at all these country. I mean, country music is awesome. Keep coming to church here. How many of you are sitting in your chair saying, we only listen to Christian music. That's all we listen to. Okay. That's okay. That's all you listen to. I saw you listen to Tupac the other day. Don't lie. In the church van. Don't lie. Don't lie. I saw you. Don't lie. Rolling through the gospel mission with Tupac popping. Then she sees me and puts on Lecrae. Don't lie. No, I'm teasing. I'll give you one guess. I want you to shout it out if you, if you think you know it. The number one topic that, that music is written about. Love. Love music. Okay? So whether it be uh, uh, I Will Always Love You, right? That's a good song. How many of you ever heard that song? Yeah, Pastor Tim, I should get you up here. You can sing these songs. Or how about uh, uh, looking for love in all the wrong places? How many of you have done that before? Amen, all right, okay. Or also it could be, baby, lock the doors and turn the lights. How many of you listen to that one? All right. Y'all aren't ready for that. Y'all aren't ready for that. But there's a lot of music, there's a lot of music written about love. And even Christian music, right? Even Christian music is, is written about the love for Jesus or the love for people. And so even with all these songs about love, there still seems to be a lack of loving people in the world today, right? We live in one of the most diverse generations and most confrontational generations that we will may ever see in our lifetime, right? That, it, it's crazy that that is our, that is our life, but, but really at any given moment, two people who don't agree can turn in like go from like zero to 100 in no time, right? If you don't believe me, get on Grant County Goodies and check it out, okay? They will argue about anything, okay? I've seen even some of you argue about anything. I see you, but it's okay, right? And, and it's funny because I truly believe the slogan on Grant County Goodies should be, we come for the goodies, but we stay for the drama, right? <laughs> How many of you honestly check Grant County Goodies for the drama? Don't lie, okay? Some of you are like not gonna raise your hand. But here's the thing, there seems to be a reason to argue about everything, right? And, and here's the thing, I'll be honest with you, I think there's even, a, there's even a lack of love within churches today, right? Because churches do the absolute best job of talking the talk, right? Like, it is easy to put on a billboard or on Facebook or on your, on your website, like, we want to, everyone's welcome here, until everyone shows up, right? And then it's all of a sudden, it's like, I don't know if those people are, are welcome, right? Why? Because, because it, it, it confronts what we believe. It confronts who, who maybe what we think Christianity should be, right? But when I first got here, I said, guys, I don't care who walks through the door. Nobody will be turned away. I don't care if they steal every donut we got. They are welcome here, right? Because the reality of it is, is, is maybe they just don't know. And many of you stole all the donuts, okay? And I, was, I mentioned earlier, as I was praying for God to give us vision, I, I, pray, I prayed to God. I said, I said God, I've never led a church before. 
right? Like I, I, I was even telling somebody this morning, I've never, before I got here, I never preached every single weekend. And at that time, we had two services. We had a, a Wednesday night service too. So I had to figure out how to write two messages a week. Right? And so, like, I'm going to God, and like, God, I've never led a church before. I've never, I've never preached every weekend. I told God, there's got to be somebody out there better that can lead this church. And I'll never forget, just as clear as I've ever heard God speak to me or God speak to my heart, he said, Clyde, all you need to do is love people. Right? That's, all, that's the only thing he told me. And I said, great, I'll figure, you'll write the messages in. Because I, I don't even know what I'm doing. So help me figure it out. But I came in strong. I came in strong. People thought I could write messages like crazy. And uh, I just stole them from Stephen Furtick at the beginning and said, we'll figure it out and go from there. But no, I'm teasing. But seriously, I've taken what God gave me in those very first days um, in here at Harvest very, very seriously. And it really has transformed. Is anybody wearing a B-Love shirt today? Everybody always, somebody always has a B-Love shirt. And, and, when I, and I created this shirt um, because it really is who we are as a church, right? And I've taken it very, very seriously. And so today for the next four hours, I just want to talk to you um, about being love, being love. And so, so if you'll just bear with us. And I want to show you the biblical meaning of, of the church being love, okay? And I also want to show you a perspective of how God loves you because sometimes we think that God doesn't have love for us. Sometimes we question that. So I want to show you that today. So, so um, yeah, let's move forward with that. You can turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. How many believe as a church we should show the love of Jesus to people? Okay? Because if we do, that causes others to want to know Jesus. <laughs> right? Because I've met so many Christians. I heard somebody say one time, I'm glad I got saved before I met Christians. I'll say it one more time to this side. I'm glad I, I'm glad I got saved before I met Christians. Right? Because Christians, not nobody in here, but other Christians will, they love to shoot their own. Right? They love to, to shoot the wounded. Right? They, they like to point the finger at the other brother. Right, it's like you know I'm really going through some tough times, but you should see oh Susie over there; she's really struggling right now, right? But we should show the love of Jesus. Love. The word love means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, right? How many use the word love a lot? Okay, I use the word love a lot. I tell so many of you all the time, I love you, right? Now I truly do love you, but I I say it a lot. Some of you are like, um, what? Like, I don't, I don't know how to take that. But, but the reality is, I, like, I truly, truly do love you. If I meet you, you attend this church, I instantly fall in love with you. Not in a creeper way. Like, some of you are like, oh, my God, get your purse, wife. It's time to go. But, like, legitimately, like, God puts a burden on my heart for you. Like, you don't, like, as the lead pastor, I carry, like, I know some of the, some of the, some of the, the, the real struggles that, ever, that, that you guys have in your lives, and the burden that I carry is the love that I have for you, right? That I, I pray for you daily. I pray for your situation daily because I want to see you overcome that. And so, so I use the word love a lot. And so Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Guys, there's your friendly reminder, okay, two weeks away. Get on it now. Buy the roses, put them in the refrigerator, man. Just at least you have them now. <laughs> at least you don't forget. You know what I mean? 
The youth group would be selling cards too, I think, so we at least have one way. But, but if we were to think about um, one word that, that, that love is associated with, what would you say, and Valentine's Day is right around the corner, like what would you say the one word uh, is associated with love? It's what? Gifts? What else? Heart. Heart. Who said heart? Heart. Okay, heart. Heart is, is like if I, if I was to put, if I was to text you a heart and a you, what would you think that meant? Love you, right? Okay, so the heart is associated with love. And so, so when we first fall in love, how many of you have kids? Okay, how many of you still love your kids? Okay, but, but none, none, of you, none of you love your kids like the day that you heard the, heart, the, the heartbeat for the very first time. Okay, because you haven't yelled at your kid yet. They haven't, like, they haven't, like, caused messes or ruined your favorite dress or whatever. Like, at that point, you loved them, and, and you heard the heartbeat. And when you heard the heartbeat, it was, like, instantly love. You don't even know this baby, but you instantly fell in love. Why? Because the heartbeat, right? The heartbeat. Okay, and so, so I want to share with you in Jeremiah chapter 24, verse 7. You don't have to go there. It says, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, that they will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart. See, our heart is made to be drawn to God. Okay, we, we are made to be drawn to God. So the love that we have for people should be the love that God has for people. Whew, nobody wants to touch that one. Because there's some people we don't want to love, right? How many of you have them in your lives? You don't have to raise your hand. We'll pray for them after service. But as a church, we should want to show love to the unchurched or to the non-believer, right? So, so people should be able to walk through these doors at Harvest Church and, and, and we, don't, we don't have to know the circumstance that they're going through, but they can experience love as they walk through the door, right? They, and it doesn't matter if they know the songs that we know, right? It doesn't matter if they know the traditions that we know. It doesn't, those things don't matter. It doesn't matter what tax bracket they, all that matters is that they have a heart that wants to pursue Jesus because their heart will return to me or they will return to me with all of their heart. So if they have a heart for Jesus, they're welcome here. If they don't have a heart for Jesus, they're still welcome here. We're going to show them how to get heart for Jesus. We should welcome the person that doesn't know Jesus the same as we're to welcome the person that's been coming to church here for 20 years. Right? That should be our heart. Because people will have an opinion of Jesus based on how someone projects themselves as a, as a Christian. I'll say that one more time. People will have an opinion of Jesus based on how someone projects themselves as a Christian. How many of you ever met somebody that calls themselves a Christian and you're like, if that's a Christian, right? Now that's horrible because that's not, the, that's not what we should be portraying, right? They should say, man, I want to be part of that church. I want to be part of what's going on over there. See, we think we're doing a good, we think we're doing God's job, or we think we're doing a good job by judging people, like, or criticizing people. Like, God, let me do your job for you. 
I got this one today, God. I'm going to stand at the front door and make sure nobody comes in your church that's not welcome here. They got a holy hoodie, not welcome here. I spent money on this thing, people. And it's pink because of the love. But instead, our posture should be, how could I help you? How could I pray for you? What is the need? Look, because here's the thing. I can see people walk through these doors, and I can tell instantly they need the love of Jesus. Right? You can see it on their face. You can see they've been beat down. They've been hurt. They've been broken. They've been lost. They need help. There have been too many people wounded by people who say they represent Jesus. And that's, where, that's when, when I came to be pastor of the church, that's what I said we're going to stop. No one's going to be wounded by a Christian that says they love Jesus. Right? Now, people may get mad at me because decisions I make. That's a whole different story and a whole different sermon. Amen. All right, nobody laughing. Awkward moment. But the reality was this. We love everybody. That doesn't mean we always have to agree with everybody, right? Because there's, there's a lot of people that I love that I don't agree with. Okay? So, so there is a difference there. But here's the thing. The Bible makes it very clear that the very nature of who Jesus is is love. So this church will be love. A church where the homeless have a home. A church where the broken can come. The addict can come and be loved. When, yeah, go ahead. When someone walks through these doors, they should feel the love of Jesus. The single parent, the, co- the, co- the college student, the couple whose marriage is maybe on the rocks, the, the couple whose life, they got it all figured out. They should still experience the love of Jesus. We need to get back to loving people instead of trying to beat each other up and try to gain something by that. Because you never know when someone's having a bad day, man. You never know. You know, people, people very rarely know when I have a bad day because I can mask it pretty good. So you never know when someone's having a bad day. So why not just treat everybody nice all the time? Okay, turn your Bibles over to 1 Corinthians. Here we go. The intro's done. We got three and a half hours. Here we go. You guys didn't say no, so. 1 Corinthians. There's no football today anyway. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to read this out of the message translation. (coughs) So it may not sound exactly, um, (coughs) excuse me, like you got it, but it'll be up on the screen. Cool? If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't have love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and I have the faith that says to a mountain jump, and it jumps, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor, and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want, uh, love doesn't want what it doesn't have, and love doesn't strut. 
Love doesn't have a swelled head and doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. Somebody highlight that one. Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. You can highlight that one too. Doesn't reveal when others grovel. Takes pleasure in the following truth. Puts up with anything. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back. Come on. Somebody needs to highlight that one in your Bible. Quit looking back, man. That life is over. Come on. Jesus didn't go to the cross. He can look back and rub it in his face and say your blood wasn't good enough. Ooh, that was good. Wow. That wasn't even in the notes. Y'all got a freebie there. Isn't that the truth, though? We look back on our past and say, God, I, I just can't get over this. And God's saying, I already paid the price. What are you talking about? The bond has already been met. Is my bond not good? Is my blood not good enough? Man, put that down, Pastor. We're going to do a sermon on that one. That was good. That's fire right there. Here we go. Never looks back. Quit looking back, people. But keeps going to the end. Whoo, and he finished the race. Love never dies. Inspired speech will, over, will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will, uh, will reach its limit. We know only one portion of the truth. And what we say about God is always incomplete. But when the complete arrives, our incomplete will be canceled. When, we, when I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and cooed like any infant. When I grew up, I left those infant ways for good. We do not yet see the things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. Come on, somebody. We'll see and, all the, and then see it as all clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly just as he knows us. But for right now, until the completeness, we have three things to do to lead us to that consummation. Trust steadily in God. Hope unswervingly and love extravagantly. And the best of these three is love. Man, that's good. So let's take the last part there. Hope unswervingly. This is a difficult one because life gets in the way. But if we trust God that his plan truly is great for us, it won't be hard to trust unswervingly. Trust steadily in God. Trust steadily in God. Does that mean that, you know, sometimes it's like, uh, God, I'm struggling today. No. Steadily. Steadily. Trust God that his plan for you is so great. He does not, I promise you this, God does not want to see you fail. God does not want to, he wants to see you succeed. He wants to do, see you do what he's called you to do. But here's the one I want to focus on. Love extravagantly, extravagantly, because the best of these is love. I love Paul's heart behind this. And this is the message translation, a little bit different. But really, this is how we should try to live our lives. As long as I'm alive, I want to love people. And like I said earlier, just because you love people doesn't mean you always have to agree with them. Jesus healed people because he loved them. He didn't look at them and say, well, you're, you know what? I looked at your offering report and, 
wasn't big enough, my friend. So you don't get, you don't get healed this week. He heals because he loves. It says, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Check this out. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. He said, I am willing. He said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. I want you to catch something here. Jesus touched the man before he was healed. Back then, you wouldn't touch anybody with leprosy. Okay? But Jesus, Jesus, I love, I love this because Jesus is saying, your brokenness, it doesn't offend me. I'm going to touch you before you're healed. I'm going to, everyone else says I shouldn't talk to you. Everyone else says I shouldn't touch you. But I'm going to touch you before you're healed. Why? Because Jesus loves everybody. He loves everybody. The world says you should not, you know, back then, you shouldn't touch the leper. Jesus says, no, let me touch you. And I'm willing to heal you. Not only will I touch you, I'm willing to heal you. So I pray that our church would be a church that preaches and teaches the fullness of God. The fullness of God. And know that Jesus died for our sin. But that we may also fight to love this city. To love this county. That every, go ahead, every individual, every individual that walks through that door. Not picking and choosing which sins we want to highlight. Because Jesus died for all sins and all sinners. And if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, none of us would get to see heaven. So we have to be grateful and thankful for that. Pastor Tim, come up and help me out. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. It doesn't say God loves. It says God is love. Someone may say, well, if God is love, you must not have read the Old Testament because I've seen God get angry a few times. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever gotten angry at somebody that you care about? Well, some of you got mad at your kids this morning. Ashley, don't amen that one too much. Some of you wanted to throw the chocolate at your kid this morning. Some of you did, and they came to church and repented. But it says that God is love. Here's what I know, is that God loves you so much, he doesn't want to see you stay where you are. He doesn't want to see you stuck in that bondage of whatever it is that has you tied up. God wants to see you walk in the fullness of, of what he's called you to do. And sometimes we struggle with this concept of love. Like, how could God love me? You don't know the things that I've been through. You don't know the mistakes that I've made. You don't know all these things. 
And maybe for some, it's hard to understand the concept of love because maybe we were never loved as a kid. Or maybe our love was taken advantage of when we were a kid. And maybe we were hurt. And so then our, our perception of love has been skewed because, because the person that hurt me told me they loved me and they hurt me. But that's not, that's not the love of God. Or maybe we struggle with love. Maybe we struggle to love ourselves. Maybe for that very reason that we were hurt as a kid and we've never learned how to love ourselves. We've blamed ourselves. We've hidden that from other people because we're shameful, because we're not sure, can anybody love, can anybody love me after I've been broken like that? And that's where God comes in and wants to restore that. Because there is a brokenness. Yeah, it's, that's okay to clap, I promise you. Because God wants you to know that he is love and that he loves you and he wants to see you delivered from that. He doesn't want to see you struggle with the fact that you've been hurt. Maybe for some more recently, maybe, maybe even a, a, a marriage or a relationship, a boyfriend or a girlfriend has, has, has made you feel unloved and has made you feel like you're not worth God's love. But I want to tell you today, you're worth it. You want to know how, how I know you're worth it? Because when Jesus was going to the cross, with every crack of the whip, with every piece of flesh that was pulled off of his body, with every drop of blood that was fallen to the floor, he had you in mind. That's a promise. And that's how you know. That's how you know that he loves you. Far greater. Now, I'm sorry that man has hurt you. I'm sorry for that. But there comes a time where we, we have to find that point that we can leave that baggage behind us. And we can move forward with the promises that we know are true. And that is that there's a heavenly father who desperately loves us, who desperately wants the very best for us. Thank you for listening to today's service. If you feel led to give or would like more information about the church, please check us out at harvestsc.com. And tune in next week for more. We here at Harvest love you and pray that God will bless you and keep you. Harvest, go be the church.